You're listening to DraftKings Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So does, for the Drake curse to be real, does it have to be both he posts support and the team plays his music or does only one part of that equation have to happen? Seems the like Leafs one is enough. Yeah. Okay. The Leafs would tell you one's enough with the good night Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah, with uh, Austin yeah. Matthews. <laughs> that's the, that might be the Austin curse. Like, that's the soundtrack <laughs> everything. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, we are joined by influencer extraordinaire Style Maven and key influencer to NHL teams who tag her in their fashion fit shots, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? Please. I am what they call in the league in one. I have had a weekend and it may be extending to the week. It's my birthday week, I guess. So we're just going to keep doing things until after my birthday. Now, and just so the listeners know, we're starting early because your birthday is next Monday, correct? Oh my God. I don't know if you say so. <laughs> is it not? Am I wrong? December 4th. So Sunday. Oh, that's Sunday. Sunday. Oh. Sunday. Okay. Next Sunday. So yes. <clears throat> It is your birthday week. Hell, I say we just make it the whole month, actually, Sarah. Just yep. all of December. I think so. we did. <laughs> Everyone's decorating their houses for you. No, no holidays. <laughs> just it's everyone knows national holiday. <laughs> and of course, we are joined by the Oreo loving, the fantasy knowing, and the podcaster guest extraordinaire across all airwaves, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. All right, crew. Well, we have some good (laughs) stuff. That's all you get. That's all you get. I'm good. (laughs) All right. So we have a lot to go through. Lots is going on in the hockey universe. I think for the first time on Saturday, I got to watch a night of hockey when I was also not working and there were more than two games at the same time. So I actually have some opinions, only a few, but we'll see. Uh, We have first and foremost, Sarah Sivian's favorite, she's getting ready. I love it. I know, I love it. Favorite segment, and that is? Bitto News. Bitto News, friends. It is a time of year when teams start to decide if they're going to make moves to try and stay in the hunt or 
Who knows what they're trying to do? I don't. Uh, but first up comes a move from the Rangers to Minnesota. Ryan Reeves heads to the wild in exchange for a 2025 fifth round pick. Uh, Reeves was looking for more playing time. The Wild were looking for perhaps a little bit more of a physical presence, and thus the deal was made. Shayna, what are your thoughts on this move? It makes sense for the Wild who wanted more bite right, wrong, or sideways. They liked having Nick Delorier, so when he left as a free agent because they couldn't afford him, this brings in a player. It kind of goes back to the Rangers' first month under Chris Drury, though, where they made all these like batchet moves, like the Pavel Buchnevich trade, the Ryan Reeves trade, and they extended him a year before he ever stepped on the ice with the team, and now you could see why it was a problem um, from their cap situation, whatever. So clear roster spot. That's what they need to do, get a little extra cap space. So there goes Ryan Reeves. Uh, we are never a true Too Many Men podcast if we don't ask ourselves, how does this affect the Leafs? And in a move to help help try to replenish their depleted defensive core, Toronto made a trade this week to bring it over Connor Timmins from Arizona. Um, looking just, they need bodies, people. They need bodies. Sarah, you are our Leafs insider, I've just decided. <laughs> Maybe you're just our Leafs aficionado. Tell me what you think of this move. I mean, it's so it begins in Arizona, right? That's kind of just the one of the dominoes to fall before they start selling everybody as they should. Um, I thought it was interesting that Curtis Douglas is six foot nine. That's kind of like what I got from that. I'm not really familiar <laughs> with either of these players. Obviously, it's like a we need bodies thing. Um, so he'll be the best guy or the worst guy in the world, depending on the week, according to Leafs fans. I don't really have a opinion on this I guess I mean Riley could miss up to a month um Brody's progressing slowly they just they do need bodies so he's a body <laughs> he's a body <laughs> he exists he's on the leaves baby <laughs> Yes, indeed. Um, and in perhaps the frequent flyer award for this 2022 season, Magnus Helberg goes to Detroit. He's picked up off of waivers. This poor individual was signed to Seattle, gets put on waivers, goes to Ottawa, plays a game there, wins, goes on waivers, is picked back up by Seattle, is there with the team on the roster. They put him back on waivers when Philip Grubauer gets healthy. And then Helberg gets picked up by Detroit, a team he played with before. And now he's there. There was a great picture that was going around social media on Monday of his locker, which has gear and bags and stuff from all three clubs. Um, <laughs> the fun fact is this kid loves to get custom pads. They're some of the best I've ever seen. And he's getting these insane pads made for like... Are we just going to go for a full set of 32? I don't know. <laughs> but this is a goaltender. When he plays his first game with an NHL club, he does, in fact, win. So maybe people are hoping that they're just going to keep moving him around and he'll keep winning games. But uh, you do you, Magnus. We're sorry. <laughs> I want to see the pads in action in Seattle, man. They were sweet. But here we are. A move announced today was that Galchenyuk, who's been with the AHL Club of Colorado, did in fact sign a deal with the Avs. Um, interesting, we know that the Avs are dealing with some injuries too. Interesting to think, is this part of what they think is going to solve the problem? Shana, your thoughts? I guess like at minimum, this adds a player who technically 
can bring a little versatility if he can play center or wing, depending on what they need, because that's like the 2C position they've struggled to fill. Like it was new hook for a bit. I think Comfer stepped up and now it's Evan Rodriguez there. So if you can just have another option to ship between center and wing for your middle six, that probably works out for them until they get a little bit healthier. And it's not the most surprising a nerdy team, I guess, is going for him, considering like what we know of him. But uh, I'm, I don't know. Can Colorado be the answer for him finally? Who's to say? He's been on how many clubs now? Can we count it's, them? Do we know? Tr- it's what, Toronto, Minnesota, Arizona, Here Colorado, Pittsburgh, maybe? Was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, he know. was in Pittsburgh, wasn't he? And so I, I think remember. we're at He was with five. the Canes for, did not play a game, but was signed there and then did the old switcheroo. Well, there you go. So then we're at at least six. So we're, we're, just, we're just talking about players who are just moving for a full roster of 32 by the time their career is done. Yeah. Um. Go ahead, Sarah. He's just the classic, like you can get him in, on your AHL team and he might be serviceable if people are injured, but it's just kind of weird how that's playing out with him. 100%. All right, Sarah, we are just right in your like neighborhood of storylines, coverage that we demand from you, and that is that the Drake curse lives. Unfortunately, now it is applying to Team Canada at the World Cup it was started from the bottom, right? Is what they came out to again. They came out to start it from the bottom and promptly lose, I believe, y'all keep me honest here, they are now out of contention to advance out of their group. The Drake curse is real, Sarah. You've preached it. You know it's a thing. Tell the people what the Drake curse is and just what a poor choice it was here by Canada. Even though Drake is Canadian, we get it. You don't invoke the Drake curse. Yep, Drake... The Drake curse. When did this start? Was this with the Raptors? I, I think, think that's so. Right. Yes. Yeah. He once he mentions that he likes a team, or once he bets on a team, or once he takes a picture with Davies in Team Canada, it's all downhill from there. Um, a lot of the time, the team loses in a bad fashion. I mean, I don't know if we can blame the Toronto Maple. I mean, he's from Canada, Drake, but I don't think we can blame the Leafs on him but he might have something to do with it. He always is like, this is the year, and then it doesn't happen. Um, Alfonso Davies posted a picture on Instagram of him and Drake with the jersey, and now Canada is eliminated. And didn't they have, like, so many shots, but they lost yep. the game? No goals. Yep, yeah. they were crushing it. They missed the penalty kick, if I remember right. And then even in game two, like, they, they had this on game one. They lost the game in game two. They were like, we're going to welcome this back, which is – mind-boggling why you wouldn't be like let's change up the vibes entirely maybe drake is cursed because we all know about this and game two they took a one nothing lead they were very good and then they completely collapsed like why why do you bring this on yourself so sarah i have a question i will wait i will say i am looking through tweets about it now and someone said drake curse with the nba trophy and him laughing because he's like part owner of the raptors so i'm like okay we'll give him that yeah. <laughs> the team he's actually involved in financially ended up winning it all. So, so does for the Drake curse to be real, does it have to be both he posts support and the team plays his music, or does only one part of that equation have to happen? Seems the like Leafs one is, is enough. Yeah, okay. the Leafs would tell you one's enough with the good night Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah, with uh, night, Austin yeah. Matthews. <laughs> that's this. that might be the Austin curse. Like that's a snapshot if I've ever seen one. <laughs> 
All right, awesome. Well, that is our bit-o news. Um, again, we always bring you the league news that we see fit to talk about as a quick round robin around the league. Um, let's go into some of the bigger topics that we've been watching in the NHL over the past week. Um, and Shayna, I'm going to start with you on this topic. I watched the game Saturday. We're talking about the Rangers here. Four regulation wins in November, and then a collapse to Edmonton on Saturday. And they were up 3-0? 3-0. going into the third and proceed to lose that game to Edmonton at home when Edmonton was looking for a single point on a three-game road trip. What's up with the Rangers, Shana? I'm already seeing people, as they are want to do, start to call for a coach's head. Who's to say if that's the right call? What's going on in New York? Yeah, like, I mean, to the Oilers' credit, like, they were coming off a couple tough, tough losses, including to the Islanders. I think Sorokin saved, like, 5.6 goals above expected, like, something crazy. So it's not like the Oilers haven't been pressuring, but the Rangers, it, it's more than one game, but I think that collapse. Sometimes it feels like a team needs that kick in the ass because the California trip, they got a couple points off of, and maybe they, like, skated by a little bit that they needed something to shake them and be like, you're legitimately not good enough right now. And it's funny because, like, the first 10 games we can look at and go, well, their underlying numbers are good, but the on-ice shooting percentage is bad. They're doing everything right, and the numbers should come if they keep it up. But then the last, you know, 10 games or so, you see the opposite, true. The underlying numbers aren't strong, and, you know, they're coming out with wins that aren't the most sustainable. And if they don't have perfect goaltending or the power play going, like, they're really struggling at five-on-five. So they definitely have something to figure out. And I think it's very easy to point blame at the coach, and I think in this situation there is some reason to. It's the same problems as last year. Like, we saw when they were struggling at five-on-five last year, and they weren't really grasping onto the coach's system, like barely anything was adjusted to really make it work for the team or get the team to make it work within the system. And, you know, this year, it's not like there's been many strategic changes that you can notice. And, you know, even shaking up the lines, it's we're not changing the lines after a win, but then randomly you do, and it makes the lineup worse. And you have players like Kraftsoff sitting on the sidelines for, you know, seven straight games when you need scoring. So it's, it's you know, sometimes... You know, an old dog doesn't learn new tricks, and it's not like this is anything new for Gallant. Sarah, is New York good or bad, or we don't know? Oh, they're good. They're just young. That's how it goes sometimes. They remind me a lot of the Canes when they have been trying to figure out, like, their perennial playoff. Like, now that you know that they're going to make it pretty much every year. And the Rangers, I don't want to say they were, like, a Cinderella story last year, but I do think they kind of exceeded expectations and the same way the Canes did the first year they got into playoff contention. And then you have that year after where it's kind of, like, figuring it out. Um, Wait, are we really this good? Yes, we are, idiots. Like, let's go be the good team that we know we can be. They just need a little more confidence. Um, I think there's something to say about getting through these hard times because you're not going to – Contrary to the Devils, Vegas, and Boston, you're not going to win every single game. So learning how to lose and keep going is a valuable skill. Shayna, where do you put the status of goaltending this year? We just saw them out here in Seattle. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. It was recently. <laughs> um, but when I was looking into the numbers there, they I mean, they were still good, but they weren't as great as last season and then again just that collapse on Saturday I know that's not a fair sample size to evaluate an entirety of a goaltender season but what's your read on that situation I think it's like only natural for Shesterkin to come back to earth a bit considering just how well he overperformed and even him back to earth is going to be an elite level but it you know it was a slower start for him I wouldn't be worried based on what we know of him last year his NHL career so far and overall his professional career when you go back to Russia and even his time you know his short time in Hartford 
The backup, you know, goaltending situation is a little bit worrisome with Halak. Every time the Rangers find a backup goalie, it's kind of like in Benoit Allaire, they trust and rightfully so. You see, like, you know, the the reclamation projects, which was Cam Talbot, Antti Ranta, Andre Pavlik, um, you know, Georgiev was a diamond in the rough for them. So Halak right now, like, maybe we can start seeing, like, the impact of aging a little bit more on his game. So that's going to be an interesting one if he can find his footing soon because he hasn't, not like the team's been perfect in front of him, but he hasn't been great either. Or if maybe the Rangers should pull up someone like Louis Domingue from the minors to to see who can get a better spin at backup. Well, there Hope you go. He has a you. good dinner before the call-up. <laughs> Yes, we like that one. <laughs> that was one of the like best storylines of like the most fun storylines of the playoffs last year was like everything he did and the personality he brought. Who knew we were allowed to have that? Well, who yeah, knew yeah. until Emily Kaplan showed us. So shout That's out right. to her for the good Hail questions. to the queen. Yes. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, another team that uh, were I honestly have been surprised as I'll get out over their last two games, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Look, we all expected them to be good. They're healthy. Mark Stone is back. Jack Eichel is there and healthy. They have depth. They don't have a lot of injuries. The only question really was goaltending, but they've dropped their last two games, um, first against the Seattle Kraken, and then the one that was more surprising to me was the one against Vancouver. It was the second half of a back-to-back, but... After a game like they played against the Kraken, I was really expecting kind of, you know, that prototypical, like, we're pissed, we're going to come out and, like, play our best and play our game. And they were just so flat to me. And again, we know that a two-game sample size is by no means the the proper evaluation of, of a group of players. But, Sarah, how much have you been able to watch the Golden Knights this season? And is this a blip? Do you have questions? Were they overperforming before maybe? What's your read on, on Vegas and the Golden Knights and their non-glow-in-the-dark jerseys, only black light glow-in-the-dark jerseys? Listen, they're 16-6-1. I don't think I'm like going to call the police yet. I think I, the fact, I can't decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing that the two recent losses were different goaltenders. I think it's a good thing, right? Because it's not like a pattern of Logan Thompson being bad or anything like that. I think I'd get worried if this, like, sprawled. They, they have a game against the Blue Jackets tonight, so we'll see how they do there. They need that win. Um, I think Vancouver's been pretty good recently, too. The Kraken have been pretty good recently, too. I just, like, the Pacific Division makes me want to jump off a cliff. I just, like, it, it, <laughs> who knows if these teams are actually good. I guess, Allison, you would know. And the Kraken are having this amazing run, so I do think – I don't know. It's all about how they bounce back tonight and the next few days. I don't think two losses are the end of the world, but the flat performance, yeah, you want to get a kick in the ass now. Shayna, what's your take on Vegas? Buy, sell. If I sell, that means I, I'm not. No, are you like high on them? Are you high on them? Oh, or you, no, I'm still, I'm still high on them. buy, sell rules today. Okay, I'm I'm still high on them. Like, like it was two different losses. It was one bad weekend. I do think it's worth noting they played Vancouver last week and they did you know, get out to, like, a deficit, and they ended up coming back in a game when even the odds were against them with, like, goals being waved off um, in one of the weirdest reviews I think we've seen this season. But, like, it, it is interesting that, like, they, they were getting out of, like, that's – it showed. They can get out of a high-scoring game. They can get out of a game where maybe they they have a deficit and then that wasn't there. But, like, the caliber of play from them this weekend was a little bit concerning. Like, their penalty kill wasn't great. And, you know, we do have to keep in mind maybe they were overperforming a bit to open the season. That wouldn't be – it, it, that's not even – 
saying anything bad about them considering how well they performed. And, like, we do have to remember this is one of, like, the least deep teams they've had in recent years because of all the cap stuff. So if it caught up with them a little bit now and it's like, okay, here's a reality check, just figure it out and get back on track, like, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Awesome. Yeah, I was surprised. And I I know they're playing a little bit differently defensively this year, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on them. But they are still good. I'm certainly not saying that they are bad. Um, Someone else who is good, and I didn't even fully understand how good till I pulled up the game log. Um, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner has scored a Thank point. You. Has scored a <laughs> point. Guess who's talking first on this, sister friend? Mitch Marner has scored at least a point in every single game he's played this season except two. And those two games were over a month ago, October 24th and October 20th. In every other game, he's had at least a point, and I'm doing some quick math here, three, four, five, six, seven. He has seven multi-point games. This is a player who gets the wrath of like everyone all the time. Here he is. He might be deserving of his flowers. Sarah, is Mitch Marner good again? You know what? I wrote a story today where I asked people on the Bleacher Report app to send me their best trade suggestions. And of course, Maple Leafs fans did something absolutely insane. And we're like Patrick Kane for Mitch Marner and um, William Nylander and a few. Of course. Perfect. Draft picks. I'm like, who says no? I said Austin <laughs> Matthews says no. But first of all, <laughs> I, I wish this would happen. Like I ended up writing like, I'm like, I wish... This would happen so Mitch Marner could finally be happy. The Blackhawks fans need something to be happy about. This guy is a great player who is pushing their offense, and yet he gets benched for nothing. He's the scapegoat. I want him to be happy somewhere. He deserves so much better. Shayna, what questions would we have for Mitch Marner other than if he's binge-watching Hannibal? Or whatever the heck the the show was on. Are Netflix. you a Ted Bundy guy? Ted Bundy, no, Ted <laughs> Tab, uh, Dahmer. What's oh yeah, his name? oh yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh yeah. I didn't watch that because it was too much. But all right, Shayna, what are the real questions we should be asking Mitch Marner? Um, I want to know like the differences for him now playing with John Tavares a bit more at even strength versus Austin Matthews, and I think that's really good for him because. You know, anyone could just say, like, he was riding shotgun to Matthews, who's such a great goal scorer, even though, like, he was setting him up so often. So I think that's, like, one important thing, like, how he's how he's had to, like, change his game, if at all. Um, but I, what's so impressive to me is, like, I feel like when someone's an offensive player, especially a playmaker, like, they can get labeled as soft a little bit more or things like that. And we forget about his defensive strengths and also, like, the hard work that goes into some of the points. And I think his last string of games, we've really seen how he's battling for possession, recovering pucks, and then setting up a teammate in the slot. Like, he's putting in so much work. So I think he deserves even more credit than just he's moving the puck to the slot a lot, which you deserve a shit ton of credit for that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think he's adding to it. Um... The hardest thing for him might be that, like, he is put in situations that are going to be challenging for him when they go, you know, uh, four forwards, one defenseman, which I personally love. But, like, there have been shifts he's gotten exposed on it. And there's also been shifts, even in the same game moments later, where he's made a brilliant play to spark, you know, something offensive, which they need. So it's, like, the risk-reward of it, but he shouldn't be the scapegoat in it. It should be, you know, the Leafs for having so many injuries or the coaches for putting him in that situation. But, like, you have to expect those mistakes But I think all the good that he brings into the fold is why it works. And, you know, it's something different. They're trying something new. Why are we going to be, like, up in arms over that? It's like nobody can be happy with him. Either he (laughs) scores all these goals, but he makes mistakes, which is literally inevitable if you want him to do all of this scoring for you, or he doesn't 
score and everyone's like, why isn't he scoring? It's like he's it's gonna you're gonna have to pick one and get more secondary scoring people. <laughs> I am also officially on the Mitch Marner is good train, just Yay. so we're clear. So there we go. We all agree on that. All right, we uh Sarah was living her best life on Saturday. Shane and I were dorking out watching hockey and we wanted to chime in on uh, some of you were who on Twitter saw us talking about this and we wanted to bring this conversation back to our favorite podcast crew. Um, what about play stopping when a goaltender loses their mask? Uh, there were two incidences this past weekend. One, in my opinion, more egregious than the other. Uh, first, Connor Hellebuck uh, loses his mask due to a collision um, against, well, right outside the net there, falls to the ice and is literally laying on the ice. The net is completely open and play continues. Um, shockingly, no goal there. And then Spencer Knight versus St. Louis on Saturday, which wasn't as marked to me, um, but still was a situation where the goaltender loses their mask and play continues. Um, I was pretty adamant on Saturday. I believe that if a player does lose their mask, oh, that's right, there was a goal uh, in Dallas, excuse me, because um, Connor Hellebuck had some real, did you guys see Connor Hellebuck's comments afterwards the next day? No, what did he say? No. He basically, he was basically, it was good, it's like seven minutes long, um, but he basically said that, you know, he would have expected play to stop and he didn't necessarily feel, feel safe out there and he was glad he was talking about it the next day and not the night of because he was really fired up the night of um but my position is you know if a skater loses their helmet if they don't put it back on in a very quick amount of time they have to get off the ice they have to leave the play a goaltender yeah, they can't, get a penalty that's right a goaltender unless you're going to say a goaltender has to leave the ice which to me also would seem unreasonable like this is an individual who is literally having the pucks sent at them including high we know most goals in the nhl are scored high so that's like around your head people like if the puck is coming at your head and your head is not protected in literally any way i'm of the opinion play needs to stop i feel pretty strongly about it Shana, you were watching it too. You were you were putting out some some moving pictures of the incidents themselves. What is your thought on what the rule should be? I think the point you made about the forwards having to get off the ice is so important because nobody wants a player to be at risk because they don't have a helmet or a defender being out there blocking shots. Wouldn't you say the same or more about a goaltender? Like, yes, from the shoulders down, they're more protected, but their head is right there from they can get injured from skates, they can get injured from other players, and from, I don't know, the puck, the thing that's being shot at them at 100 miles per hour, which they are the primary target for. Like, what are we doing here if we're not protecting goaltenders? They, they should be, anytime a player would do anything to stop play, I think, because their goalie, like, doesn't have a helmet, taking a penalty, anything, I think they'd be completely in the right, but they should never have to do something like that. And with Spencer Knight, too, we saw him making this, I don't think it was as egregious either as the Hellenbuck one, because obviously there was the goal against, and he was laying on the ice with his ar arms over his head, which, first of all, you could have said he could have could have had to go to concussion protocol. I think that's in the rules. Um, but, like, Knight is still making saves and is even like, do, do I seriously still have to keep playing? Like, you do, because the night before we saw, if not, you put your team at risk of allowing a goal again. So what option do you have? It's just a shit position. Like, if play's going the other direction, say your team has possession, they're skating up the ice, and you say, well, we don't want it called then. Like, I understand to a point, but if they just made this a blanket rule, goalie loses the helmet, whistle blows. If the goalie loses a helmet and does it themselves, though, throw a delay of game at them. Well, and that's, they know, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It, 
Because people are pushing back on that. They're saying, well, sometimes a goaltender will shake their head or do something to cause their helmet to come off. Now, I feel like the thing I've seen more egregious is sometimes I feel like, and this isn't during play, but it's a stoppage and, a, and prolonging a stoppage due to, I've got to do this to my pad or whatever. Not like, who was it who had the pad come completely off? This weekend, did you see this? I don't remember where the pad off. I remember like the puck getting caught in the pad and that being like a 10 minute thing before. No, but like this weekend, I swear, somebody like the their their pad came off their leg and they had to stop play. Oh my God. But those seem to me more egregious. Now I will accept that I haven't seen every hockey game ever played and maybe goaltenders are shaking off their helmets. I'm with you. But Sarah, a goaltender shouldn't be able to take off their mask to stop play. I think we all agree. But what is the rule change you want to see, if any? Maybe you're fine with the rules the way they are. Yeah, I have two thoughts on rules that need to change immediately. One is that, because I don't think, why would, there's so many rules that could be abused that people don't abuse, right? Like no one's flicking the puck over the glass. Like, I don't know, that's a bad example because they don't want to get a whatever. But that one, and then also um, if a player is injured and unable to continue play or go to their bench, play shall be stopped immediately unless the opposing team is in possession of the puck. So we've all seen oh, these, like Zach Wierenski. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this, yep. We've all seen these horrific things where even the players don't. It's like dystopian. The players don't want to play. They're like, uh, like what do we do? Like you don't even realize it's happening sometimes if you're on the ice, but then you see it and you're like playing through this guy who's like dying on the ice. I don't know. I don't think that's right, and I don't think hockey player right like that we we talk about hockey culture and it's built of class and camaraderie and doing the right thing so I don't think they're gonna just like pop their helmets off for no reason um absolutely those are two rules that need to change and I don't know I have sources within the NHL PA and the player safety and everybody wants some of these rules to change but the issue becomes sometimes when it's going to take too long to get everybody to agree to it. Like they say, it's going to be five years to change the whole rule book. But why can't we just agree on the ones that need to change right now and change them? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was there for the Zakarensky situation. And I'm with you, Sarah. Like, because there's a scoring chance, a legitimate injury or potential for like serious injury, it's fine. Just keep playing. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Shana, what were you going to say? It just feels like, you know what, like, I like the fact that some some things can be reviewed now, like, when there's a hit and it's called as a major, like, it can be reviewed quickly to be like, wait, let's double check it. If a goalie, you think, I think the thing is, too, like, if a goalie gets hit with the puck, sometimes their strap comes loose and their mask is out of place, and that's why they shake it off, and I think that is something to have a conversation about and there's going to be gray area, but, like, if you're really unsure and you're thinking maybe this should be a delay of game, then just write it in that that's something you can double check quickly. Have a timer on it so you're not there for five minutes. If you can't tell, then guess what? It's probably not a delay of game. But if you need to even like double check the video or have someone from above quickly like, you know, phone in and be like, wait, no, that's a delay of game. Like, it's fine you stop play, but that's a penalty. There are bigger problems that you should be worrying about that's going to delay game that, you know, play being stopped over. Like, goalies kicking the net off the moorings. Be a little bit more concerned about that and make that the thing that we have to consider. Should play stop if a goalie intentionally does it or fuck it if a goal gets scored right there and they kick it off pretty obviously, you allow it? Like, it, this this shouldn't even be a question unless the decision makers want to get in net have a couple pucks fired at them, let their helmets come off and see what they want. They'll be screaming, stop, stop, please, don't fucking hit, like, throw a puck on my way. So until anyone has that opinion, like, put together, convene a goalie panel if you must. 
current <laughs> former goalies and and discuss you this must. and be like, yeah, like if you are wondering what to do, this isn't really something for forwards and defensemen to talk about. This is something for goaltenders only, I think, until you're in the situation like you don't get a say. Like, of course, if you're a forward, you're going to be like, well, if I have a scoring chance, I want to continue. Who fucking cares? Like, I'm the goaltender in this situation. I care. It's my head at risk, not yours. So put together some sort of goalie, you know, panel to help make this decision if you have to and figure out when play should be stopped versus when it actually shouldn't. Yeah, I just I just go back to, I mean, even with the Wierenski situation, like, we're basically saying that the, the chance to score takes priority over serious injury. Like, I mean, Zach Wierenski's face was literally broken. That was the infamous picture when he went had to have his whole face reconstructed. And, like, that could have been really, really bad. But, oh, the Penguins might score, so please, let's continue playing. That That's my fundamental issue with this is, and I appreciate the beautiful game, but player safety has to, has to matter here somewhat, somehow. All right. Well, there's a lot going on in the hockey world. We will continue to monitor it. Um, we'll be back at you on Thursday with another round of headlines and news stories that are, are front of mind for us in this league and in all leagues that play hockey around the world. But we end every episode with everyone's favorite game. And that game is Fuck Mary Kill. What a hoodie. What, what a hoodie. hoodie. You can what buy those. Where, Shayna? Where? Online, at our store. It's a Teespring. It's like, I, I don't have the full fucking link, but just go to our Twitter, which is two underscore un- <laughs> much underscore man, and find it in the top link. It'll take you to our website. It'll show you where to get merch. And you can get Fuck, Mary Kill t-shirts and sweatshirts and I think zip-ups. And you can get it with a big logo or keep it small and subtle, whatever you want. There's a million things. Buy them and give us money because we'll donate it at the end of the year. You have to go to the dark web to get our... (laughs) That was the one and only time you'll get an ad read from me. That was I have to take notes from Sarah. we just clip that and just, yeah, we'll just pop that in the... We'll we'll ask producer Jeremy to clip that, please, and reuse that for for our our marketing purposes. All right, but it is time for Fuck, Mary Kill. And this is actually a topic that we've had on our list for a while, and we finally just decided we'd turn it into this conversation the conversation, the topic at hand, and Sarah, you're going to go first. Are you ready? Which team should tank? Which team should tank? Your options are Vancouver, Columbus, or Arizona. Sarah, the stage is yours. I'm marrying Columbus to tank. Listen, Johnny G is not getting any younger, fellas. We got to do this quick. Let's like, turn. okay, we're doing bad. Let's go all in. Line A's hurt. Let's just, okay, let's lose. Um, I am fucking, oof, Arizona to, I I, I kind of like that they're playing well. Um, I don't know. I like it for the the mullet arena faithful, but at the same time, like there's only so much charm mullet arena can have. You might as well play your bad years in a, like there's only so many, seats there right so you want if you want gate revenue which you do in the nhl and gary bettman wants you want to optimize that and continue to be a franchise and i don't know i don't know yeah maybe just tank it all out right now this feels wrong to even be like a, a proponent of tanking but it is what it is sometimes i'm going to kill the canucks I, they are almost even they're nine ten something nine ten three um 
they're playing really well. And they've always had this really good team that just hasn't put the pieces together. And that's why it's so frustrating. Uh, I will say they're in the Pacific. So it's like they could be in a playoff spot tomorrow if they just tread water and are even. (laughs) So why not get back in the playoffs? I don't know. And then go on this run. It's just kind of wrong. Like if they were in the East right now, they wouldn't be near a playoff spot. So it bothers me. But if you're going on this run, like you're two steps away from being in the playoffs. So you might as well just run with it. But I know that's hard for the Vancouver Canucks. Shayna, what's your answers? Okay, I'm going to marry Columbus. They're so broken. There's so many injuries that at a certain point you're like, right, you have no shot. Just go for it. I do think, though, of any of the teams we're talking about, they have some of the more creative minds if they are given, like, the room to really work with their draft picks. Like, we know, you know, some of their analytics department, what they've done before with little resources to find, like, hidden gems. So I think that if any team could do it, they could. So if you can get that really big piece from the draft, they could supplement it pretty well. Um, I will kill the Coyotes. Uh, one, to be different. Two, because I- I'm-, I'm tired of them tanking. I've had enough. Um, you have assets. Whether or not you did a good job with them over the years is your problem, not mine. It's time to figure out what to do with them and to keep the vibes up in Arizona and to, like... I think we're all they're going to be a laughing stock if they sell off all the players. They aren't filling out the seats. I just want to see them like enjoy the vibes a little bit and just see what they can do. Maybe it is finally time that they move Chikrin and they get some pieces back and can try to like keep turning the pieces they have into like actual assets and not just draft picks. Like maybe there's something there for them. I will fuck the Canucks because like I don't know if rebuilding is the right answer for them. I don't know what is because their situation is so fucked up in my mind. I just think they need to make a decision and go with it. I think that just going for the playoffs is going to give them false hope, which we saw a couple years ago, and they're not going to get better. Just decide, you know what, we're going for it and lean fully into that, or decide we need to take a step back, but just fucking do something and figure it out before you have to sign Bo Horvath because they didn't before they signed Miller. Shana, guess what? I agree. I agree. Um, I am going to marry Columbus because, I mean... I didn't think Columbus was going to be a contender yet this year, but this is just brutal. Um, And this is a team that was literally in last place for uh, the Austin Matthews Derby and then had one of those very stereotypical, we play with pride after the trade deadline and and won themselves out of contention for the number one pick. Um, They deserve to have a little bit of a nice thing. Um, They've got a lot of nice pieces. They don't have center depth. And so I think that... Why not just embrace the opportunity? Um, I'm going to kill Arizona for the same reason, Shane. I'm over this. Like, you've had how many chances and you keep choosing bad business practices. You keep, like, screwing up players. You keep making bad deals. Now you've got a lovely little cute goaltender there who's trying so hard and playing well. And and now we're just, it's going to miss out on him too. I'm over it. Um, And I'm going to fuck Vancouver just because, like, Poor Bruce Boudreaux, right? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just kind of crappy the way this has all gone down. And let's give him a little bit of a nice thing. I also think it would be fascinating if a team finally, once again, I think there's only one other team that has bucked the trend of if you lose your first seven or eight games that you can come back and make it into the postseason. So that would be fun. That would be fun and crazy. But they do need a plan. Um, they don't necessarily deserve the tank. I don't know how they move those contracts either that they have, so... The tank can't really help them. All right, my friends, did I miss anything? No, I think I think we had everything today. 
Sarah? I think we got it all, but I will say you might want to check out the Kraken broadcast or something like that in the next few weeks if you like fashion. Interesting. Sarah, what a tease you are. Very fascinating. We'll be sure to make our our listeners aware of when they might be able to check that out. Hmm. All right. Uh, if you want more Too Many Men content in your day and who doesn't, you can follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. As Shana has beautifully outlined for you, that's where you can find <laughs> links to our merch and all of our goings on. You can find links to games that we're running during NHL games, contests, giveaways, all that kind of good stuff. You can ask us questions. You can nominate topics for Fuck, Mary Kill. We want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. Find us there. Uh, usually we end on a little bit of a high note but as we leave you today we want to just send out our sympathies um, to a great human in the hockey community Um, some of you may know him as at low tide on twitter Uh, his name is alan and he lost his wife to cancer uh, just recently and was brave enough to share that with all of us today on his website and he's always just been such a gracious and kind and smart part of our hockey community and so today we send extra special love and support to him um, in the memory of someone who sounds like a truly great woman, his wife. And we use that as a reminder that every day, make it your best and do something nice for someone else. We'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.